Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Taylor is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware. In downtown Indianapolis. So, what are your thoughts on what happened today? I'll let my lawyer speak for me, Roberto. Uh, this is a case that apparently is as significant as the Trump trial because uh, the court has made it bigger than it is. Uh, it was a situation where she went on the second eviction, the woman handed her a paper. Contrary to what the attorney for the plaintiff said in court, the young lady had just literally filed a document in court. She talked to legal aid. They told her what to say. She filled out a form, came down here and filed it. She came. She walked out and handed it to her. She didn't create it. It's not even in her handwriting. She doesn't, wouldn't have known what to say because it does sound legal. So obviously she was writing down what the lawyer was telling her to say. And she filed it and got back home, and they were there. Uh, interestingly enough, the, the other part that's interesting to me is this man that supposedly took a picture of the whole thing forgot to take the picture of the officer shoving her down the steps. That's on his body cam, but we can't get access to that because the police department's not willing to give it up. However, I will say that as a result of this incident, the uh, chief of police for Indianapolis has said that they are, are no longer to assist in any eviction or any move out anywhere in town. So that maybe is a blessing. I don't know. Um, what about the uh, asking the judge to recuse herself? Could you explain that for our audience? When someone files and asks for a special deputy or special constable to be assisting on one case, and the court extrapolates that into whether or not she's capable or impaired and unable to do her job, that tells me there's a bias. There are, there are many underlying issues that have been going on since the day she took office, not the least of which is the, the party chose someone else to run and she beat that person in the primary. So she didn't come in with the good graces of her party. And as a result, I think there's a pattern of trying to release, diminish, reduce her job. Uh, the judge every day sends... At 11.30, a courier comes and picks up a large number of pleadings, takes them to the Washington Township constable, who cannot do what he's doing, which is to come into the center township to serve documents. But he's doing it. But the, but the small claims court trial rule says it must be by public. It either is in person, certified mail, or by a public means. A private contractor is not public means, but that's what's happening. So there are a lot of other issues going on that aren't even being addressed. That's another day for another issue. You know, how, do you, how do you plan on proving that there is bias on behalf of the judge? Well, I don't think there's any question there's bias. First of all, you should see the letter she wrote when this young lady started her job, which basically said, I'll tell you what you can do. I'm sorry, they're equal public officials that were elected by the people. You can't send a letter like that to her. You'll have, a, a, you'll have an office somewhere in the building. You will not be in my courtroom. Those things are not appropriate. The constable in the township small claims courts are the bailiffs in the courtroom. So she hired a private guy that is her, quote, court manager, end quote, to sit there because she won't let her bailiffs do their job. 
her, I'm sorry, her deputies do their job as bailiffs. It's, it's a series of things. That's why I'm saying there's a lot of underlying things more than this. But when you do that and you suddenly take a case where you're asking for a guy to help or a girl to help, moves one person out, and it turns into, I don't think you can do your job. That's a problem because she's been doing her job. She's done two move-outs this week with Ritz. Speaking of, so for our people at home, break down what constables are supposed to do day in and day out. What is what is what are her duties? The constable has, is a law enforcement officer, has the responsibility of maintaining peace in the courtroom, has the responsibility of serving summonses, um, notices of I'm sorry, complaints, serving writs to remove people from properties after there's been a judgment rendered against them. And those are many of the things she's really not being allowed to do the way she's supposed to. Now, you also brought up uh, that Street Lane Homes brings a lot of money into the court, but you didn't, you weren't given the opportunity to fully explain that accusation. So what did you mean when you said that? They file a lot of complaints, and the judge gets money, and so does her staff. They're paid because Street Lane Homes files a lot of complaints, evicts a lot of people. You can pull that up in my case right now. There's over 20 cases pending for Street Lane. So Street Lane, by the way, I'd love one of you people to figure out who they are because I've tried to find Street Lane for days and they don't exist. It's a shell after a shell. And they say that's not a sham, but I can't find Street Lane. There's an address in Fort Wayne for their service uh, process. There's an address in New York, which is uh, in, the, in the, they don't, I think there are multiple layers. I, I suspect it's probably one of these pre- present property purchase situations where they just buy a lot of properties and turn them into rentals. So the, the judge, so the judge and her staff would not be paid if those cases didn't come into her court? The judge and her staff are paid because she's doing a job and she's receiving money. She's paid because she has people that she has to pay to go out and deliver, as well as herself, go out and deliver these documents. It's a process that everybody earns money based on the business that's in that court. Interestingly enough, recent, well, in my, during the duration of my being an attorney, they have made it that you must file in the township where the property is located. That didn't always be, wasn't always true. And when that wasn't true, they were handpicking the judges they'd appear in front of. Now, unfortunately for the people in Center Township, that gave her a lot more business because a lot of the properties are in Center Township that are filed against. So, so oh, that didn't necessarily answer the question. Would she lose, and would the court lose money if as many if, if cases from Street Lane were not filed in the court? Well, it, it just, what I'm pay, saying like, is, if the case you, comes in, the court gets fifty dollars per case, something like that. What I'm saying is that if you don't if you don't have enough cases to sustain your staff, then you're not going to stay in business. So the more foreclosure, I'm sorry, the more move outs that are filed, the more she has the ability to hire a private person as a court manager. There's not a court manager in any other small claims court in the county. Uh, Two things real quick. On the street lane issue, it seemed that you didn't have a problem with one special constable serving that process, but you did have an issue with all the street lanes, properties. Could you go into that? Well, again, the constable is paid for doing the service of process. If you take away all the cases, that takes away her income. She's not paid a salary. She's paid by the delivering, and she's got employees that she's got to pay as well. So if you take away 20 cases, that's 20 amounts of money that she's not going to get to pay herself and her staff. And when you start farming out uh, 60 cases in a day to a courier to go to another township to do the service, that's 60 cases she's not getting paid on. What are you hoping to accomplish with your interlocutory appeal? I'm hoping to show that bias is sufficient under the way that Chief Justice Shepard ruled 
that she should just step back. It's better to step back than to fight. It's it's almost it's almost a, a sign to me if you fight to stay on a case that I'm questioning whether you should be on. It almost tells me she's really trying to do something that she should not care to do. She shouldn't care. She should be neutral. What happens if you lose? Well, if I lose, she's going to have a hearing, and she's going to find out that her uh, contention is not appropriate, sufficient. She's capable. She goes to work every day. She's not impaired. There's no emergency. Has Street Lane been a bulk of her homes, of her orders so far? No, she's got a lot of different, several of these corporations that own multiple houses she's had. And, you know, the question, this question whether or not she can do her job before the hearing today, she did a move out. She's been doing her job since the day she started this job. Some folks are saying that uh, in the video that we all saw that uh, Denise Paul Hatch's demeanor was necessarily uh, She was not a lady, okay? I agree. She was not a lady. And uh, she was frustrated, I think, more than anything. traumatized. Well, she did get... The interesting thing about the video is it's not complete. It it should be complete if they're going to refer to the video. And the part that everybody saw is the part that was cut out, which was later on during the confrontation. It wasn't initial. In fact, if it's supposedly on this video that she brought the paper, it'd be easy to just check her her hands and you'll see the woman come out. She was here today. I was prepared to offer her testimony and she'll testify the next time. Uh, That that the man is absolutely false. It's what what the attorney for the plaintiff said is false. She walked up and the lady handed her the paper and said, I just got back from filing this. So the, the, the attorney for, the, for, for, for Street Lane claims that the constable told her in a recorded conversation that Street Lane is a sham corporation. She would not be doing any evictions that were brought from Street Lane. Did the constable and did your client say that? I, I, I don't have a, I just got handed the transcript today. I think it's unfortunate she taped part of the conversation again instead of the entire conversation. So I'll go through what we do have and ask my client what else was said that is left out of the conversation. But I think what she had determined is that you can't find Street Lane anywhere. And that's what she was saying by them being a sham. Street Lane doesn't really exist. They just keep going to the next place and the next place. I think that's what she was representing. But in the transcript that you were given, with I things excluded. Sorry. Okay. So the purpo- I, I, I'm Go happy ahead. to do that and answer yeah. your question, but I can't right now. The purpose of today was just to make sure that Constable Hatch will fulfill orders from the court. Constable Hatch. This is just as I was elected by the people of Senate Township to represent all the people of Senate Township, not just the rich attorneys, the poor people. I represent them also. Tenants have a right to be treated with compassion. The Chantel had a stay, an application for a stay. She had a stay. We, y'all don't understand what was at stake here. Chantel was about to be arrested. He came in there saying he was going to arrest her. That's what the police said. They actually called uh, the sheriff's department, had two female officers there present to arrest her. She has four children, two disabled children. Those children would have been taken to Child Protective Services. She would have been taken to jail. That's a horrifying experience for a mother. But, horrifying. But more importantly, too, she showed you a motion for a she stay. She showed me a motion. She showed me but the a, motion for the stay. A, a motion for a stay is different than an actual stay. stay Do you order. know the difference between a motion for a stay and a stay? Because yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but if it's if if it's pending, if it was filed that day, she if she moves her out and then the court grants the stay, she's moved her out. 
I guess, and so just to play devil's advocate here, because they, okay. they're arguing that essentially anybody that you would go and try to lawfully evict from a from the the court's order could theoretically come up with a, a piece of paper saying, "I've got a motion for a stay. I've got to stay," and that you would believe them. File and, marked. Yeah. So file marked with the court, and the question would be at that point, can I enforce this writ, or do I have to go back and find out whether or not there is a stay? And that's what she did. There's a this difference is, between having a stay pending that you don't that may or may not be granted, and she gave her a file marked copy of what she had filed with the court, and it was that same day. And so her response was to go back and find out what had happened. And at that point, the, the stay had not been denied. It was denied later in the day after she had gone back to find out. Matter of fact, two weeks ago we did have a case like that. Um, a young lady and her husband was trying to evict a tenant. The tenant went and actually got a stay. So I told my guys, this, the tenant has a stay, pull back. So they pulled back. The next day, it was served and the eviction was done. So, Is so it legal for Washington Township to do an eviction? Yeah. yeah, no problem. Is it legal for Washington Township to do an eviction in center township? Well, while the judge is doing her research, I've been doing mine. I don't have an answer for that yet, but I do know that if you are treating them as private contractors, it is not. Because the small claims court rule says, uh, in person, certified mail, or by any other public means. It may be a constable in another township. That's not a public means if you're contracting them as private. Private process servers the way that rule reads cannot be used in small claims court. So the judge may be outside her jurisdiction in contracting with the Washington Township Constable to come and do an eviction in Center Township. That's what I'm looking into. Do you plan to file a writ of mandamus if it finds out that those Washington Township Constables or those Washington Township staff are considered to be private and not public? We will use the law to the extent necessary. So as an elected official, what is your message to the public right now? I'm here for you. I'm fighting for you. Yes, because I was in the right. This officer actually pushed me down a flight of concrete steps with my uniform on. I mean, he was, he was out of line. He had no jurisdiction there. He had no jurisdiction there. And he, he actually put his hands on me three times. So you agree with having a special constable come in and... For this case, for this yes, case, yes, for yes, street yes. Street lane homes for the rest of them. What about for the rest of them? Oh, not for, not for all of street lane, just for this one incident, yes. They can have one come in. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, constable. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.